Hello and welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. My name is Alec and I am your host. We are here on episode 24, excited to dive deep into all things marketing and all things promotion and brand and everything in between. Um, For everybody else that's been listening regularly, uh, you know the deal. Uh, We are a Coffee Unleashed podcast that talks about coffee business and everything in between. Uh, We are excited for this coming year as we are are really diving deep into this and this platform. Uh, So make sure and be looking out for weekly episodes uh, happening on the regular. Uh, So make sure and subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy, uh, Spotify, Google Play, or the Apple Podcast app. Uh, We would love to uh, share our content with you. So make sure and do that if you haven't already. And again, if there's anything you would like to ask or maybe a guest you might like to have, uh, we would love to feature them. Uh, so email us at hello at indiecoffeeroasters.com. Uh, as well as any questions you might have, we would love to answer them for you uh, on this platform. Again, excited to be here for episode 24, where we're going to talk about marketing, uh, brand, and everything else that is in the middle of that. Uh, we have the amazing Jenny Todd with us. She is a co-owner of Indie Coffee Roasters and my awesome wife and also the director of brand and marketing uh, for us at uh, ICR, as well as she is the uh, owner uh, of Jenny Todd Creative, as well as a slew of other uh, things on her tenure um, that she can share or not share. Uh, Yeah, so we're excited to have her today and uh, talk a little bit more. Uh, So Jenny, go ahead and introduce yourself as well as Uh, talk about what you've been enjoying lately on the beverage front. Yeah, thanks, Alec. I'm really excited to be here today and to speak to all of you a little bit about brand and marketing. And um, so thanks again for for having me and letting me be a part of this. Um, So yeah, I like Alec mentioned, I am one of the co-owners alongside he and Kevin and Diane. And I also run all of our brand and marketing right now for ICR. Um, When I'm not doing all things indie coffee roasters, I am running my own business as well, Jenny Todd Creative, where I do brand, marketing, illustration, design, and a whole lot more um, for my clients. So I really enjoy kind of being in that world of brand and marketing. I'm excited to be able to talk a little bit to you guys about that today. So yeah. And then let us know what uh, have you been enjoying lately as far as uh, beverages go? Yeah. So um, it feels like because it cannot get warm here in Indiana, that um, chais, chai lattes have been my go-to. Just really like warm and s- love the cinnamon taste of that. Um, so I've been doing chai lattes a lot. And then I'm also a huge kombucha drinker. So uh, I love the kombucha we have on tap at the shop. And so I usually end up with a glass or two of that a day as well. And we, uh, if you have been listening, we uh, featured Circle City Kombucha on a previous episode. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, uh, or maybe don't even know what kombucha is, we won't go any further. Uh, make sure and head back and listen to that episode. Learn a little bit more about that. Uh, speaking into things that can sometimes be confusing or maybe uh, not fully understanding what exactly um, that is. Uh, the whole idea of, I feel like brand and marketing is sort of a buzzword sometimes, at least recently, that's been thrown on a lot of uh, maybe young people's job descriptions. Um, so speak just really briefly into what it means to um, overall direct a brand or overall direct a marketing front or something. Yeah, um, I think that's a really great point. I actually just spoke to our staff um, at Indie Coffee Roasters at a staff meeting and talked to them and kind of shared more a little bit more about brand and um, something that I mentioned to them was that brand is such an abstract term that a lot of people really don't understand what it means. Um, there's some misconceptions that brand is just a logo or a logo identity um, or maybe a, a color palette or uh, typography, but 
honestly, a brand is just kind of a set of experiences that people have with a product or a company. Um, and so it's the things that they remember. And some of those things are what I just previously listed. It could be the logo, um, the colors, things that you recognize right away for a certain company or a brand or a product that you're used to engaging with. Those things do become a part of somebody's brand, but it also is um, the customer experience or the customer service that they may have when they enter a retail location, or it might be the website, which is kind of acting as an online storefront for that product or company. So there's a lot of things that go into a brand, but all of it has to do with kind of the memories and the experiences that someone has with a certain brand. I I related a lot to, um, you know, Nike for me, when I first think of Nike, I think about, um, running half marathons and Nike tennis shoes and things that, um, are memories for me. Whereas someone else that may, um, think about Nike, we'll think about a whole different set of experiences that they've had with the brand. Maybe it's more about going into the Nike store. Maybe it's more about different sports that they've played and they've worn Nike apparel. So um, that's just kind of a, a good way of kind of correlating it back to what brand really is. And then when it comes to the marketing side of things, really marketing in my mind is just how you get the word out about different things. So that could be anything from an actual product that you're trying to sell, how do you get it in front of your customers and get it out into the marketplace? Or it could be an event that you're hosting and you're trying to spread the word. Um, So there's a lot of different facets, again, that could go into that. But at the end of the day, it's how you spread your message to the people and how you uh, find the people that that are going to receive your service or purchase your product. Yeah. And I think When we previously talked on a previous episode, we talked about uh, sort of launching a brand. Uh, That was the season at which we were in, Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, sort of launching out heavily into the public what uh, Indie Coffee was going to be. You've obviously launched other brands too, Um, but that's not where we are now, and that's also a lot of times not where um, other business owners are or maybe business owners you work with, uh, with Jenny Todd Creative. They have existing brands that they're looking to continue to amplify or um, move into other markets or something. So um, obviously when you start a brand or open a space like we did, um, there's a lot of hype and excitement and you know all of that involved so it's a different set of circumstances Mm -hmm. but now that you know we're not having a grand opening and we're you know we are more in the day-to-day what type of things have you done to continue amplifying the current brand as well as um, continue to have people have good experiences like you talked about. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, the last time that we talked, it was really, um, we were in launch mode. And so it was about figuring out how to get the word out about our um, recent opening and um, how to make people aware of what we were doing. And yeah, now really over the past year or so, it's been a lot more about continuing to build our brand awareness, um, continuing to market our products and services and events, um, and, you know, kind of a slew of other things. But, um, I think we've done quite a bit, I would say over the last year, um, you know, we can highlight a few specific things that I think, uh, have done us really well. Um, we're continuing constantly to grow our social media, which I know is, um, really a um, main source of marketing for a lot of companies now, especially just with the way that social media is growing and um, the the day and age that we're in now. But we've continued to grow organically our social media following just by consistency, really continuing to post on a, on a consistent basis, understanding a strategy behind how we're posting, knowing the types of things that we want to continue to post. Um, and that's really kind of divided out our posting between 
kind of the different areas that are important to us and va- that we value as a company. So those things are, you know, our retail space is one of those things, but not our only thing. We've also kind of got a side of the brand that's more about education. And so we want to really teach people about coffee. So we're doing a lot about that. Um, promotion for specific events, which could be company-wide events or specific retail events. Um, and then also just kind of brand general brand awareness too. We want to build that. One thing that we did this past year that was really successful for us was an Instagram takeover. And so that was actually um, having a different individual take over our Instagram stories every day for a week. And so we pulled a lot of different people. I wanted to get somebody in there who was a regular, somebody who was an employee of our retail space, somebody who was um, a... Uh, wholesale partner. We had Alec, uh, our own, one of our owners. I wanted to do an owner. Um, and so, and then we had another individual who was kind of a part, who was a part of a partner organization for us. So it was fun to get a different perspective on ICR from all of these different individuals. And so they just took it over for a day. They posted kind of what was happening in their life that day, how they interacted with Indie Coffee and what role ICR plays in their life. So that was really fun because it just gave our audience a different kind of perspective on the brand and those experiences, those memories, those kinds of things we talked about with the brand, it really shared kind of a slew of those from different individuals who kind of interact with our brand every day. So I thought that was really a really interesting way of kind of pushing the brand a little bit further. And we got a lot of uh, additional followers from it. And um, so that was really successful for us. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously speaking into the lens of another, you know, of business owners, you know, you've ran or assisted on social media uh, posting or designing or whatever for multiple companies or yourself or or things like that. Um, And it's always been odd, I think, to look at some other businesses, maybe ones that are in, obviously we follow other businesses that are in the same field we are as well as, you know, ones we want to pursue partnerships with or, or things like that. But um, in the coffee space, it always seems like places are posting, you know, new menu items, their hours, uh, if they're closing early, um, you know, what new thing they have. as, And that's really honestly about it that I see from them. Um, and, or an event that's going on, I guess, if they have an open mic or a they're staying open late for something or a special or whatever. Um, And I don't know. I I mean, for us, a core value has always been like creating those experiences and interacting with people, you know, giving back and and interacting with them. And we do that really well in our physical space or when we're interacting with wholesale clients out on the road. Um, So we do that in person and I would argue a lot of those other businesses do that in person, but they don't know how to translate it digitally because they don't maybe don't know how to, uh, you know, post that or photograph that or something. And I think, you know, we we see a lot of organic, uh, you know, traction uh, or posting or whatever. Um, of people taking pictures in our space or, uh, or saying they're there with friends or whatever. And you do a good job of either reposting that through asking for permission to get pictures and do that, um, or just reposting stories or things like that. Um, do you feel like that helps to show that we're about people and that we're, you know, almost extending that relational aspect digitally I I mean Mm. I don't know I feel like that Mm -hmm. gap is a problem for for other business owners that may be listening that you know they either don't know what to do or you know maybe they're not thinking about how they need to replicate that experience that you can have in their space Mm -hmm. you know digitally yeah yeah that's a really good question I mean I think there's a lot of different facets there's a lot of different 
parts to that answer. Um, the first thing I think about is, is really kind of understanding exactly what you said, which is that I think of social media as kind of a way to represent the same experiences that you might have in the location digitally and to those people who maybe don't live close and who are only experiencing your company um, through social, or maybe it is those people who are still regulars, but they want to interact with the brand in the same way that they would in the space. I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of thought that goes into the strategy behind that. I think for us, it's really about um, a variety of post types. Um, so like you mentioned, um, you know, weather updates or closures or new menu items, those are kind of like standard things that social media ends up getting used for. And I think sometimes that can be really good because that's that's now where we check first. But I think it's also really, really important that we're looking at social as a place to also um, post about our physical location and our regulars and the experiences that people have with the actual products. So showing, showcasing really nice photographs of our drinks. Um, also, you know, maybe showcasing our, we, we do a thing called the top dog. And so we showcase our top employee every quarter and why that person is important to us as a staff. So really you're wanting to create kind of this, again, these set of experiences that customers can have with the brand. Um, and that takes time to kind of really develop. But I like to think that if someone looks at our social media feed for any of our platforms that we're on regularly, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, that they would really see a glimpse into the same experience that they might have when they enter the store. So, and again, we want them to interact. Like you mentioned, social media is a place for interaction. So we post things that allow our um, followers to interact with us. So we post about our new signature drinks, but we also ask them which one is their favorite or which one do they want to try or who do they want to try one with and ask them to tag people in it. So it allows them to interact with us more than just see something and read it and move on. So I think that's also really important. Um, we've found that to be really successful for us. People love coffee. They love dogs. And so we've really um, focused on posting things about those two topics and getting people to interact with us on those um, those places. So. Yeah, I mean, I think you said something, you know, really right. And I think that, you know, business owners have to get out from underneath the um, idea that, you know, it's a megaphone of here's what important news thing is happening. Like, mm -hmm. I mean... If everybody is actually honest with themselves, um, you know, a follower on Instagram or a customer of yours probably doesn't really care that you're closing early for an hour for a staff meeting, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that although it can be worthwhile, I guess, to, to post out there, uh, more likely than not they're going to walk up to your building anyway and mm -hmm. you'll have to explain to them nicely that this is what's happening uh, i guarantee you they'll scroll right past it on mm -hmm. instagram or facebook so um as you know important as that may seem to you um it's uh, you know social media isn't a bulletin board that you know posts about happenings that are going on you know, if you think about it as someone who is, if you're a business owner that has a business account, but you're not regularly involved on that platform, I would argue that you should probably not be involved on that platform as a business either, because it's always going to feel disingenuous or half-hearted or removed or like you don't know what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, one one of two practices would be you know, get involved in it, learn it, and, you know, realize that there's some really solid ROI in there with building relationships with customers. Um, well, and understand how those people are interacting on that platform. So if people are constantly um, wanting to repost or, you know, t 
comment, but post a photo in your comment, you know, understanding those things will definitely help as a business owner to know, okay, I should post a photo that asks for other people to also post their photos or to repost my photo or to retweet what I did or, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, if you want them to start a conversation in person, like if they come up to your bar and and come to you or come up to your register, whatever you want to start a conversation with them, then do that. You know, think of it that way, that they're coming into your storefront when they click on your profile. And how are you starting a conversation with them? Um, If all, you know, you're saying is, hey, we close at six. Hey, here's our menu. Hey, here's how much everything costs. Hey, we're closed on 4th of July. Like, that's awkward if you were to do that in person. (laughs) Yeah. But that's all that people sometimes see is here's our drinks that we do if you're a food service or here's, you know, when we're closing here, you know, it's crazy awkward when you do that face to face and you would never act that way in person, Mm -hmm. you know, but people think that that's what that part is. Whereas if you want to see them interact in more of a personal way, then, you know, Post about your staff and how much you love them or post about, you know, how it's great that um, you have such great customers or, um, you know, give back to them in some way with content. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're uh, like for us, we do a lot of that as far as giving tips or giving, you know, some life giving stuff where we understand that they'll probably stop and read it. Uh, and also look at us positively because we've dropped some value for them. But just encourage business people to be the same. Let let what you do on the Internet be who you are in person as well. Um, and let it be an extension of that. Because if it's not, then all it's going to do is hinder where, um, you know, you're going to go versus amplify, Mm -hmm. you know, where you want to go. Well, and I think people really want to be inspired still on social media. I mean, if you think about you as an individual, who are the people that you follow and why do you follow them? I think that, um, you know, we as a company like to follow other uh, coffee brands that are inspiring to us, that are doing cool things, that are um, posting interesting content or helpful content, or um, they're posting things that they as a company are doing that are maybe different or unique. Um, and and same thing with me as an individual. You know, I'm following those other artists or entrepreneurs who I find inspiring. And so if there's ways that we as a company can also inspire our customers, I think that's really important. So like you mentioned, you know, posting tips on how you can brew coffee better at home is going to be inspiring to someone who is looking to follow a coffee brand that will teach them something. Um, You know, we also like to post about inspiring areas of our space. We have wall graphics that share our mission and our values. And so we share about those and we talk about our values and what's important to us. And um, we talk about how we're giving back and maybe the events that we're doing that are raising support or money for charities. And so just continuing to showcase kind of the many facets of the brand and what's inspiring to us, I think is really important on social media to kind of continue to build that brand awareness. And that's just something we've been really steadily growing over the past year. We've grown all of our platforms organically that way. And it's definitely a little bit of a a slow process. It's not going to happen overnight. So I would encourage anybody that feels like they're not getting a lot out of social to um, really like ride it out, like continue the race. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't give up, um, because it is a slow process, but consistency is what people are looking for. Seeing your posts on a consistent basis, they'll continue, your, your brand will continue to be in front of them. And, um, that looks a little different on every platform, you know, and if you have questions about that, feel free to reach out to us. But, um, you know, there's specifics around how many and how often you should be posting on Instagram versus Twitter and Facebook. But I would just say, you know, continue the race, ride it out. Um, it will be a, a slow and steady process, but it definitely will help continue to build your brand and, and grow organically that way. 
Yeah, and I think the whole giving piece, if giving is a big core value for you, for you like it is for us, um, then that's a continual strategy, again, that happens online, whether it be via email or via some promotions that you do or uh, social. Um, like you said, organically, it's, you know, it's not, you know, if, if we're not Instagram models or, you know, people posting photos that are just clickbait through that, you know, are essentially meant to do that, you know, you're not going to fly to 10,000 followers overnight. Um, but obviously as quickly as those 10,000 followers come for some of those people, as quickly as they go as well, when, Mm. when something that they don't like anymore or, or, you know, something changes, they bail out where if, you know, you spend a lot of time and investment in, in those people, those ambassadors really stick and, um, they stay around for a long while, uh, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it may take, you know, three or four years to hit 10,000, but, um, you know, when you do, you're going to stay there and, and stay there for a while. Um, and I think, you know, as you shared, uh, it's important to uh, be fairly diverse as well on the areas that you're uh, interacting with people. Um, I know that we uh, do a lot on social as well as email. Um, and we also recently uh, really heavily pursued both the podcast and our blog, um, which blog is probably semi the original social media almost uh, back with online individual journals or whatever those used to be Um, but talk about how you know blogs are sort of coming back I guess as a strategy and and why maybe that long form is beneficial for people still yeah, um, I think you said a lot of things that were really valuable. The first thing was just kind of diversifying what you're doing. And so I think for us, it was really important to me that, um, yes, social media is important, but there's also people out there who want to consume information in other ways. And so uh, the blog was a way that we could continue to educate individuals, but um with a little bit more information to it. So those who wanted to dive a little bit deeper into certain topics, we wanted to give them a platform to learn a little bit more from us. Um, And so that's been, again, a slow and steady kind of growth opportunity for us. But when we launched the blog shortly after we opened our our retail location, we really wanted to just provide more information and more education for individuals that were interested in it. We were seeing people coming into our store who um, had not been educated on certain types of things within the coffee world. And so we wanted to really provide a space to be able to do that a little bit more. And so we've been pretty consistent with posting on our blog. Um, Usually we're posting once or twice a month. And so um, just going deeper into some topics like roasting and home brewing and even just business or uh, where we get our coffee beans from or why single origin is important or why we may choose certain um, customer service techniques in our space. So it's uh, similar to this podcast, which I think is just another great opportunity to kind of teach people, but in a format that others may like a little bit more. Um, You know, we've talked a lot about how I'm not really a reader, Um, but I love to listen. And so if I'm able to kind of listen in the car on the way to a meeting or to meet with a client or to the coffee shop, maybe, um, it's kind of providing a similar experience, but just kind of for people who like to consume information in different ways. So the podcast creates another platform to kind of teach people or educate people or just talk about things that we're talking about that customers are talking about that we want to just continue the conversation on. So I think just providing other platforms and opportunities for people to uh, learn about your brand, consume your brand and experience what you have to offer in different ways has been uh, really helpful for us. 
And on social media, you know, we can actually link out to a lot of that stuff. So it provides additional content for us to then be posting about that um, kind of gets people engaged. Maybe they're already engaged in social media, but it points them to our website or gets them to subscribe to the podcast. So it, you know, kind of doubles up as ways to get people more engaged or to continue to consistently engage them. So, yeah, and I think it's got to be an all-encompassing web, I guess, of opportunities. And if you think of it like, you know, uh, exit points or entrances, I guess, mm-hmm. to your business, you know, you want to give as many entrances as possible to um, obviously intentional and uh, well-thought-out entrances. But uh, if you have the opportunity to give uh, three or four entrances to your brand, uh, that is going to be beneficial because uh, maybe, so, you know, given the example, maybe someone likes to walk, but maybe somebody's in a wheelchair or maybe someone, you know, likes to drive or, you know, so in a retail environment, you have other avenues for people to enter into your space in different ways. So thinking of that digitally or thinking of that in a, in a marketing play, you know, maybe some people still love email or some people love um, you know, Yelp or some people like, uh, Twitter and Instagram, or some people love uh, long form blogs or, or Facebook posts or something. Um, you just got to give continual opportunities, uh, for people to do it. And I think you're still very, uh, intentional about it and you understand sort of the scope at which you can handle too. Uh, being someone who doesn't work full-time for our brand, um, obviously us talking to business owners, you know, they can look at some of this stuff as just another thing they have to do. Um, but I think it's important too that, to understand that we've slowly grown what's going on. You know, we didn't start out uh, launching a podcast and a full email marketing campaign, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram pro level photos, um, you know, or a blog as heavily as we are, you know, we launched things slowly as we could. And as we started to build the brand and the benefit with that is that you're never starting something and then quitting it. You're always adding more things. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like opening a space and adding new items that are really good to your menu. Mm -hmm. Um, no one's going to be mad that you've added a new item. They'll be upset if you take one away, um, but they're never going to be upset if you add something new. So maybe you do only start with Facebook and Instagram, but you do that really, really well. Um, or maybe you only start with email because a lot of your clientele works really well on that platform. Um, or maybe you start only with video, uh, or blog or whatever it is, um, and then reward those loyal people with continually more things. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a great point because um, I, I definitely agree that it, it's better to not commit to doing a ton and then feel like you can't measure up to that because I think your customers and your clients will see that a lot of it is uh, sort of half-baked mm-hmm. instead of really doing a few things and doing them really well. Mm -hmm. So I think you're spot on when you say, you know, understanding your audience, know who it is that you're marketing to and try to understand where they are or what they're most receptive to. And just start with a few things and just start doing them and do them consistently and do them to the best of your ability. And then as you're able, or as you grow your team, you know, continue to add things here and there that make sense. So yeah, I think you're right. You know, email marketing campaigns are great if you have customers who you know are on an email list that you have and they respond positively to that, then, you know, commit to doing an email once a month and use, 
you know, important, relevant content in that email and get that out in front of your customers or your clients once a month and be consistent about it. And then maybe after you're, you feel really comfortable and confident there, then maybe you're able to add a few things here and there. Maybe it's social media or maybe it's a blog that correlates with that email that you send out. But yeah, I think understanding your audience, we knew, um, with the coffee shop that social media was going to be huge for us. So we really started there, but we've also really grown doing, uh, email campaigns. We've done a lot of blogging. We've started to dabble with video. We've, um, even done some kind of moving into like in-store promotion, which we didn't really start out doing because we knew that we just needed to get people in the doors. Um, and now we've kind of been able to add a little bit of that on, which has been cool. So yeah, I think just kind of understanding your audience and, taking on what you can and doing it well and then add as you're able to. Yeah. And I think, you know, thinking about who your audience is or maybe, you know, learning more about your customer is really important. Um, and you know, we always have to check even ourselves too, because, you know, we enjoy Instagram a lot personally or, uh, YouTube or podcasting or whatever. So it can be easy to really hone in on a lot of attention on those arenas. But, um, for any business owner, it's just important to understand your customer and learn more about them, ask them questions or, um, what's happening. Every single one of your customers, if you're in the United States and in a middle-class area, uh, every one of them has a smartphone and every single one of them, I would argue, has at least a Facebook account, um, all of which have an email account. And uh, so there is no real excuse to say that you're not interacting with them digitally in some way. Um, maybe some of your customers um, are still interacting on a on more of a physical platform, whether it be articles in the paper or something. But, you know, grandparents are on Facebook too, and they're really active. Um, Middle-aged audiences and and younger are are on digital platforms too. So um, although you and your inner circle maybe aren't heavy on Instagram, that doesn't mean that 60 to 70% of your customers aren't. Um, we, I, I've heard the advice from a couple different people, but, uh, it's not, it's, it's never fair to get your sample size from the five people that you know best mm-hmm. because they don't represent the entire customer base that you have, unless your only five customers are your best friends. Um, you know, they don't, you're your daughter in high school doesn't represent her entire high school, although that she may, you know, uh, give you some insight Mm -hmm. that doesn't represent every high school customer you may have, Mm -hmm. or as well as, um, that elderly person who comes into your space, they don't represent every elderly person either. You know, there's, uh, you have to broaden your sample size to fully understand and learn about your customers. Um, as well as learn about other people in in the industry. And, and I mean, that's a lot of why we do this podcast is to share insight for other people, either in our industry or in the business world, to share with them, these are some things that we've learned. And, um, you know, here's maybe some of the things that we would suggest. And um, But yeah, it's very easy to get blinders on and and think that, well, I asked four or five people, and they all said they, they're never on Facebook. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think to that point, too, like, I sometimes have to check myself because it's easy for me to just do what I personally might mm-hmm. like as well. So thinking that, yes, while I am one of our target demographics just because I may interact a certain way or may enjoy a certain thing, I think to that point, it's important to understand that I'm still only one person and I, you know, 
have certain opinions about things Mm -hmm. that may, again, not be accurate of everyone that's my age and even my demographic and my socioeconomic class. So, yeah, I think that's really important to kind of understand that while we may have our own personal biases towards certain things, it's really important to understand you know, what other people are also engaging with or interested in or would like to see more of. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for us even trying to, we're located, our retail space is located really closely to a high school. So discussing with even some of them that are regulars, like where are they at, you know, and what, because if you can get some of that younger audience and feel like you want them to be involved in what you're doing they'll be insanely loyal to what you do you know Mm -hmm. the fact that we're just and obviously we haven't heavily pursued them from a digital front but because we're willing and able to allow them to be in our space and excited when they're here we're not annoyed or whatever uh, they always come back Mm -hmm. and so I mean obviously we learn too that you know maybe pursuing platforms that they're running after more or learning from them that you know if mid-20s to early 30s is the main base on instagram but we want to see more interaction on spring break from high schoolers we've got to talk to them about you know what they're doing and um it's just a constant level of learning that i think that you're you've always been open to and uh, learning from other businesses or um learning yourself and as a business owner there's never going to be just like the magic formula that Mm -hmm. you've conquered social media or you've conquered marketing as a whole to your audience Um, because your audience is always they're growing and learning and changing and Mm -hmm. you know if you're not growing and learning with them you know that you just feel out of touch or or uh, out of date and Yeah. And technology is changing and platforms are changing. I mean, Instagram wasn't popular Mm -hmm. that long ago, you know? And so, yeah, I think, I think constantly being open to learning new things and being available for people to kind of sound, you know, give ideas or provide, um, feedback to, I think is important and not being like you said, closed off to, kind of taking that advice or trying new things really and just seeing what works. Yeah, and I mean I I think about the example uh I mean all of us know Amazon and what that is and you know 10 years ago uh the idea of buying something online and waiting for it something as simple as like batteries or toilet paper or something and then getting it in two days seems like crazy Mm -hmm. why not just go to the store and you know pick it up and then you have it then and you know Mm -hmm. but amazon is what they say it's like 40 percent of the online traffic is on amazon.com which is completely insane and but you know there are a lot of businesses you know the example of Barnes and Noble, um, or Borders, or or whatever those bookstores that you know always thought, well, people won't buy books online forever. They'll want to come into a physical space to do that. And then we see that Borders is no longer here. Or you know the example of Blockbuster and you know the whole Netflix idea. No one would. Why would you ever stream videos and watch them at home? It's always really cool to go to the Blockbuster and buy, you know, rent a movie and whatever. But, you know, they understood and Netflix continued to grow and learn and change and adapt and uh, realized that their audience was doing the same thing, growing and learning. And they learned how to market well to the audience that they wanted. And now Blockbuster is closed and Netflix is on everyone's Mm -hmm. computer Mm -hmm. um so i think there are options there you know there was options for blockbuster to stay open or not stay open and i think that any business owner has options you're more than okay to not learn about your customers and not market to them and 
they may stay with you for a while, but it'll slowly dwindle out and, you know, you can close and, and not do it anymore. Or you can try to build a company that stands through the test of just one generation. And, you know, you don't just have people that are 30, but when those people are 40, you have people that are now 30 that were 20 when you started. And because those 30 year olds now are different than their parents were when they were 30, mm-hmm. you know, and um, everybody's changing and that, that I think that insight you give of continuing to learn about your audience is important and mm-hmm. that marketing isn't just that promotion idea that happens all the time, but um, yeah, it's always changing and growing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously, you know, we talk about uh, promotions and things like that. That's typical for like a retail environment, um, whether it be discounting or uh, promotional for a seasonal thing. What And so talking a little bit uh, before we close into what the what your strategy was as far or maybe our team strategy was as far as promoting uh, a holiday situation or something else yeah um i mean we're a little bit pickier i would say as to um what kinds of discounts and promotions that we will offer um we know that we work really hard at creating a premium product um that is um you know, more on the, on the higher end quality wise and, um, because it's handmade and we have individuals actually, you know, hand roasting that our product, um, we do value very highly. And so we're a little bit more, um, limited on how much we'll discount, but we, we definitely want to do promotional things to continue to encourage people to come in our retail space and purchase things online. We like to do both. We like to encourage both retail shopping and online shopping, like just what you mentioned. Um, but over the holidays, we did a promotion where, um, we offered, if you purchase three bags of our whole bean coffee that you received a $10 gift card, um, and the, the whole purpose behind that was really to encourage people to purchase coffee as present, as gifts for the holiday season, for um, whatever respective holiday they were celebrating. But then also the fact that by purchasing those three bags, you got a gift card that you could also give to another individual that would encourage them to get come back into our location. So the idea was not just to give them a percentage off or a dollar amount off of what they were already going to purchase, but actually encourage them to purchase those items and then get them back into the location. So I think gift cards are really a great opportunity to do that. And so you'll see a lot of what we do for promotion is really um, providing gift cards to people as a benefit for what they're going to purchase because we hope that that brings them back into our space and encourages them to potentially even bring a friend with them or buy someone else's coffee or, um, you know, just gets them as a returning customer and gets them invested in coming back in. And so, um, we like to offer that, you know, both, like I said, in store, but also through our website. So through the holiday season, if you purchase three bags of coffee, just as you would in our retail space, we sent you a $10 gift card. So that just offered another, um, kind of touch point for us to then be able to get people back into our location. And we felt like that went really well and was really successful. We obviously did a lot of marketing around it as well. And so we, um, did numerous, uh, emails, email campaigns around it. We did social media posting. We did some social, uh, paid social ads for it. We promoted it on our website. We also promoted it in our retail space. So we really tried to kind of spread our marketing wide, uh, in terms of how we were going to get the word out about it once we did, uh, kind of push that out. So, yeah. And I think the, important thing with that is that you're giving away, you know, if discounting a promotion is the idea, you're giving away essentially the same dollar amount. Um, but what you're guaranteeing is that they have to come back to use that. So, um, and we all know our shopping habits when it comes to gift cards, 
they, you know, most of the time you're going to spend more than what's on that gift card um, just because you're in the space and, and, you know, you are planning on spending that money anyway. Um, And I would argue that people are more excited to have an additional item like a gift card than they are to have a discount off Mm -hmm. of something. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, I've seen it before where people get used to discounts but they don't get used to free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, free feels like a gift. Discounts feel like, oh, well, why doesn't it, why isn't it always this price? Right. Um, so that's where we've seen a great amount of success, as well as it's important for us to interact with our uh, customers regularly. So we selfishly want them, you know, we want to see them again. Mm-hmm. So we have an opportunity to do that through a promotion we'd much rather do that than um drop the price down on an item yeah um when we price our items really well i think so we understand the margins and what something costs us to create it and so we really try to price our items you know as accurately as we can based around that and so we're not overcharging people. And so because of that, it, you know, makes it a little trickier for us to discount something because, um, we know how much we're paying for it. And we like to think that we're charging, you know, the customer an accurate amount for that product. So yeah, like what you're saying is true is that we can offer them something additional, you know, um, for free. And in this case, that's a gift card. And so that's another visit back in because we want to get them back in the door. And like you said, we want to interact with them. And so I think that's important to then create again, kind of coming full circle with the brand. It's creating that experience Mm -hmm. for them. So if they just receive a gift from someone, you know, at a family gathering, that's great. And we love people to push out and purchase our products as gifts, but by giving them an opportunity to come back into our location, we're offering them the chance to experience our brand firsthand. And Mm so a lot of, you know, things come along with that, which is our customer service, our, um, you know, personal touch, of the friendly faces and remembering your name and that community that we create in our space that's also creating for them a great product. So giving them the opportunity to experience our coffee from the bar, you know, made in a way that we really seek value in. We see highly of the product that we're providing. So it just creates an experience for them and a memory that will then, you know, allow them to remember our brand by something. And so it's creating a, a unique experience for them. So, yeah, I mean, and as far as retail and that goes, I think gift cards are one of the best marketing opportunities available, whether it's digitally or in person. You know, the amazing part about gift cards is you're giving something to someone that essentially doesn't cost you anything unless they come back in the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we heavily encourage people to use those gift cards and be involved in the space. But if you're just thinking, you know, business or cash flow perspective, um, you're not losing money on that initial sale. Anytime you're discounting an, an item, you're losing money on that initial sale that you would have had where a gift card, one, it encourages a second visit, which is huge for retail or even web store stuff, mm-hmm. um, that second visit is such a big deal. Um, two, that dollar amount doesn't come off your books until they come into the space and use it. So um, you're not losing money off the jump. You're, you know, losing, and I wouldn't even say losing it, but you're not giving something away off the jump. You're, you're giving it away when they come back in the space, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and obviously that gives them time to interact with your brand more and, you know, get more excited about it. Um, obviously physical gift cards, um, if you've done them well, they have at least your name uh, or some type of mark that identifies your brand. So they're always remembering that when they see it in their wallet or their purse or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would argue gift cards have been an insanely huge opportunity for, uh, something. I mean, we use it from a wholesale perspective, um, 
to encourage our wholesale or potential wholesale partners to come into our space and interact with us Mm -hmm. gives us again another touch point that we get to see with them as well as it's a huge gift Mm -hmm. um that's the whole idea that's why they call them gift cards you know is it's giving back to them but um it is definitely a big strategy or opportunity for a lot of businesses if you aren't using your gift cards heavily I would tell you stop giving 10% off of items or stop giving away a free beverage and, you know, start using the strategy of giving them gift cards because they bought something because, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to see them again. And mm-hmm. if you don't, it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no costs involved if they don't show up. Um, yeah. I mean, you made a great point that, you know, a lot of times we'll, will do printed marketing pieces. Companies will um, want to actually print something out and hand it out to their customers. Well, a gift card is essentially a printed marketing piece that has your brand, your mark, your website, your address on it. Like you said, if you've done it well, it has all of those things. So it's actually like a marketing piece that you're handing out to someone, but it also holds value. So they're not going to throw it away Mm -hmm. because there's a return for them on it. So they actually bring it back into the store and they get something for it. So Mm -hmm. you have the longevity of them keeping it and not getting rid of it or pitching it or throwing it out. So there's our there and then like you mentioned earlier you the hope and on average people end up spending you know an additional 10 to 15 percent from what is actually on the gift card so you gain more money out of it um so it's it's a huge win for us as a strategy for marketing and like you said it is a gift so it also um holds weight there and people value that and they are still grateful for that and so i think it's it's an amazing opportunity if people aren't utilizing it well and just thinking like and obviously we're going to close up here but just thinking like i would encourage you guys as business people to think about when's the last time you've thrown away a gift card you know we have gift cards in our car right now that have like a dollar 25 on it but we're not throwing them away because mentally somewhere in our heads we look at that as like cash or money of Mm -hmm. some kind you know we've had those gift cards for a year but we're not going to throw them away and we're always seeing that brand but how many times do you run a marathon and get the gift bags or whatever and you throw away every coupon that's in that thing where you know a coupon to dick sporting goods for 10 percent off maybe worth 30 bucks, Mm -hmm. you know, on a whatever item, but you throw that away in a week. Yeah. But if you got a $30 gift card to Dick's Sporting Goods in that bag, I guarantee one, you would have already spent it (laughs) or you would have definitely held on to it and not thrown it out. Yeah. So uh, even from a marketing end, like if you plan on going to an expo or going to whatever something stop handing out coupons or or something that really has no monetary value or a physical value mm-hmm. and and cost money to produce exactly as well. <laughs> and so achieve the same goal if you can whether it be a web store or a physical space or something mm-hmm. and give them a physical gift card that People will think is like a credit card or like cash. Mm-hmm. They won't throw them out. Yeah. And I don't know why, because it's the same thing. <laughs> but for whatever reason, we don't. And yeah. um, well, we've seen a lot more people return with gift cards than ever come in because of some other discount. Or um, so yeah, that obviously is a little bit off on a tangent, but um, still a definite great piece for people as we start thinking about summertime or uh, end of the school year or uh, maybe some festivals or shows or whatever that you may be at as a brand Mm -hmm. Um, you know think about being a little bit more creative almost with some traditional ends Um, yeah no one likes coupons everyone likes gift cards (laughs) (laughs) that's the that can be a a tweetable moment here yeah Um, yeah so 
Thanks so much for being here. Sorry, everybody. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of it as we've uh, pushed close to an hour. Um, I just love talking about this because I think there's a lot of uh, potential return there and even bits and pieces throughout the whole episode. There's there's a lot there for you to digest. And, and uh, again, if you have any questions uh, for Jenny specifically, uh, you can follow her on Instagram. We'll link that in the show notes as well as uh, her website for her brand and, and all of that. Um, if you have any questions about that, make sure and reach out there. Um, if you have any questions for us at Indie Coffee Roasters, you can email us again at hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com. We would love to hear from you and learn a little bit more about uh, what you'd like to hear from us moving forward. Again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you can get updates on all the latest episodes um, and go back and listen to anything you have missed uh, so far. Um, again, follow us on Facebook uh, or Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Comment and uh, message us. Uh, We love to hear from you guys. Uh, So thanks again so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate all of your support. And always remember to enjoy your coffee unleashed.